All right, and we are live. Hello, Lord Porkchop, your majesty. Uh, Abel Garcia, always nice to see you here. Emily Geiger, Geiger, Emily Geiger, nice to see you. And of course, Ashley. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of excellent news today. Uh, Valeria was actually supposed to be on the show today. <laughs> She's not working. She's good. Uh, but she did have to get a COVID test. Valeria has to get a COVID test, I don't know, two or three times a week for her job. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of far away. So she had to go get her COVID test. And now she's stuck in traffic and she's not here. So she will not be joining us. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, what was the other thing that happened? Oh, yeah. I got up really early this morning, like unusually early. And I was feeling good. So I thought, let me get some work done. I got a couple of uh, videos made for my Mr. Reagan channel. I was scripting a bunch of stuff. I felt I felt great. Uh, and then about four o'clock, I just got hit with this like I just like I was like I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, Valeria, you gotta help me out here. I need to wake up. I got work to do. You know, I still got a bunch of work to do for tomorrow before I do the show, right? And Valeria's like, Chris, just take a nap. Just take a nap. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And uh, I said, okay, I'll try to try to take a quick nap, half an hour. That's it. That's all I can afford. Uh, so I ended up taking an hour nap, and I and I just got up at five, and then I got all the lights set up and everything for the show. So a little groggy. Don't don't take a nap during the day if you if you have a if you have a live show to do. Terrible idea. <laughs> at least for me. At least for me. Uh, what else happened? I called my father today. It's always good to call your parents. Should uh, say hi to your parents every once in a while. Good to catch up with my dad. I told him about the cartoon I was trying to make for my Mr. Reagan channel, telling him about how much my channel's being suppressed and how I'm frustrated about that. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this cartoon. But I was like, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Don't do a cartoon. It's stupid. Stupid. Nobody wants to watch a cartoon. And I was like, well, it's sort of a comedy and you can get away with saying a lot of, you know, you can criticize people politically i think and it's a, a lot more digestible if you do it in a funny way in like a ca cartoon kind of a uh you know like an animated series you know, like south park does that and they get away with a lot and uh my dad's like no 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 that's stupid stu don't don't do that just stick to your normal format so then i told him a scene i was like well there's a scene and this happens, this happens. and he goes Okay, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so I kind of won him over on the one scene. So that felt good. That felt really good. So despite the fact that I'm a little sleepy, I do feel... What? 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 No. No. I'm doing a show, buddy. Gosh, no respect. I get no respect. All right, but I got some good shows coming out on the YouTube Uh, on uh, my other channel, on Mr. Reagan, I got some good shows coming out, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And it, and I mean some really good shows. Uh, yeah, stuff I still have to. I was supposed to get a bunch of stuff done today, but anyway, it didn't happen. So, um, uh, paper plates. Good to see you, paper plates. Neighborhood Japanese man. I've never seen you before, but I like you, and I like that name. Uh, all right, short shots. We want Valeria. I want Valeria here too. Short shots is that is that a uh, is that a reference to Beastie Boys? I don't know. I just found a Beastie Boys song the other day. If you like Beastie Boys, look for a song called Fruit Loops. 
You, you, you wouldn't think it sounds good based on the name. Sure Shot is a much better name. But Fruit Loops, surprisingly excellent song, given the name sounds absolutely terrible. Uh, Forbidden Chocolate, hello. Good to see you there. Uh, and, without further ado, let's get into the news. Uh, oh, hey, should I do the intro? Yeah, why not? Let's do the intro. Let's do the intro. Least professional show on all of YouTube. This is Toxic Masculinity. Toxic Masculinity. All right, so, first story, first story. Uh-oh, hey, you know what I need to figure out here? I don't think... I don't think I set set up my thing right. I'm sure I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. All right, well, it's okay. It's okay. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. Boom. There we go. That's it. First story. I call this... The armies of the civilized world have been pussified. That's what I call this. All right. So what do I mean, pussified? Well, Ted Cruz is a little bit more genteel in his language. He says, Democrat politicians, uh, woke media trying to turn media into pansies. So that the uh, Democrat politicians and the woke media are trying to turn the military into pansies. Um, I say that this is the pussification of the American military. So I'm a little bit more crass, but I think that's okay, right? We're all okay with that. Um, now I can read, look, I'll read a little bit of this, but the truth is the proof is in the videos here. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I'm going to play for you. Um, Ted Cruz posted, it's, it's, a, it's a contrast between the Russian military's um, military recruiting video and the American military's military recruiting video. And the contrast is shocking. <laughs> I mean, shocking, shocking. Remember the, remember the eighties or what's the eighties or nineties when we had like army videos, they, they essentially looked like this video you're going to see from Russia, but obviously not quite as good because, you know, Russia's using a sort of contemporary cinematic techniques. Let's have a look here. Senator Cruz, in a tweet Friday, fired back on Democrats, said woke media is claiming uh, he was attacking the United States military when he criticized the Army's latest recruitment video. I'm enjoying lefty blue check marks losing their minds over this tweet, dishonestly claiming that I'm attacking the military. Uh, no, we have the greatest military on Earth, but Dem politicians and woke media are trying to turn them into pansies. Well, that's right. I mean, a lot of the people in our military are flipping awesome folks. I mean, tough people. You know, uh, honorable people, patriots that are trying to fight for this country. And what are they doing? They are they're creating the veneer of pussification. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, he added the new Dem videos are terrible in reference to recruitment campaign. I mean, it's the same thing as the CIA video, basically. They're just like, um, you know what's going to make our military stronger? Uh, five foot two females with no muscle mass. That's who lesbians uh uh you know anybody who's not white not male who's woke you know if you have a leftist agenda especially if you're trans that's even better for the military i mean their priorities are insane um all right i'm i'm not going to read the rest of this i'm just going to <laughs> 
uh, Tammy Duckworth has written here. Holy crap, perhaps the U.S. senator shouldn't suggest that the Russian military is better than the American military that protected him from an, an insurrection that he helped foment. <laughs> Tammy Duckworth never ceases to amaze me with her unbelievable stupidity. Um, yeah, so the U.S. military didn't really defend him against any insurrection because there wasn't one. And on the January 6th protest, during the January 6th protest, there was no military there. What the, what the hell is she talking about? What the hell is she talking about? They were offered military protection by Trump, and they said no. Uh, specifically, Nancy Pelosi said no. We don't want any of that. Um, but let, instead of reading this stuff, let's just watch the video because it is. You can get a sense of the of what it looks like just from this photo. Look at this photo. This is what the Russian military is like. This is what we are. We are flipping robot soldiers. We are so strong. We're like cyborgs. We are amazing. And this is like, uh, this is what we want in the American military. <laughs> that's, a, that's it in a nutshell. But let's go ahead and check this out. Твоей новой жизни. Что ты знаешь о себе? На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов. Но разве ты узнать себя? Познать границы своих возможностей? К черту границы. А без боя нет победы. Но на самом деле, главный враг – это задача выследить врага. Догнать его. Превзойти. Стать лучше, чем он. It begins in California. With a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. To marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my call. I mean, I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's great. I have no problem with the girl herself or her story. Uh, but this is really what we want to be promoting as uh, you know, the best of the best. Join the army. Be all you can be. Uh, be the daughter of lesb a lesbian couple. That's supposed to make you somehow really perfect for the U.S. military. I'll tell you what, watching that Russian ad, I don't know about you guys, but I want to join the Russian army. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are badasses i love that that looks awesome right i actually have a russian rifle that my brother bought me uh many years ago and uh it's like the cheapest rifle you can get but they're pretty awesome actually look into it it's called a mosin nagant cheap they, they they manufacture like millions of them in russia so they're like 50 bucks you can buy them for nothing uh but they're cool because they're like from world war ii yeah yeah mine's from uh from that era, but I think it was like never, never used. You know, it was like from the factory still. Just they were just sitting there in like uh, warehouses out there in Russia, so they just sell them like by the truckloads. Crazy. Anyway, um, they're they're good fun to shoot. All right, so that's the difference between Russian military uh, marketing video to you know to recruit. Russians, Russian men into the military versus the American recruitment ad that they're that they've produced in order to try to encourage uh, the daughter of lesbian couples to join the military. I'm not really sure what 
their thought was on that. Like, this is somehow a good idea. Make a cartoon that attracts the daughters of lesbian couples. Weird. Weird. But anyway, that's what America has come down to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, we got to fix this, guys. This is not. I don't know who's in charge of this crap, but it's it's weird. It's it's like I feel like just bizarre. You know, you know, um, well, we're going to get into some of this other stuff later, so I won't get into it now. But yeah, it, it feels like the wrong people are in charge of a lot of things in this country right now. People that most Americans don't want in charge of these things. I would imagine that even most Democrat voters would look at that army video and say, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, even, even I think the most sort of like pussified beta males, the sort of like, uh, you know, e even like woke middle-class housewives that are, you know, taking their kids to soccer practice and then going to the grocery store and scolding people for not wearing a mask. I think even they, given the choice of who they want protecting the, their country and their freedom, um, I don't know if they'd go, oh, you know who I want? The daughter of lesbian couples. That's who I want going out and trying to kill Osama bin Laden. <laughs> I think they'd probably say, no, get me some of those Russian dudes. Uh, yeah, so I don't, th I don't think there's any anybody really. I mean, probably a very small number of like super crazy leftists that would even think that this kind of video was a good idea. I think the vast majority of even even people who voted for Biden, I think the vast majority will look at that video and go, "Okay, this is ridiculous." You know, I, I don't know who's making these decisions, but these this is our taxpayer money. I imagine, right? It must be. I mean, I don't know exactly how that video was made or, or why or who made that decision, but I mean, I think we can all agree that's ridiculous. Okay, so we need to figure out how to fix this because the country's going in a really weird direction, guys. Um, I think that there's going to be a natural correction here soon, at least with regard to Hollywood, because, you know, as we're aware, and, and also um, corporations, because as you're all aware, you have companies like Gillette and Procter & Gamble coming out with all of this woke garbage um, but they're just losing massive amounts of money. They're just, um, hey, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, they're just they're just hemorrhaging cash, right? Because they they want to appeal to this very small minority of people who probably don't even buy their products or services. The, most of these companies who are trying to appeal to the woke mob, they're not making any money because the woke mob isn't buying any of their crap. Uh, you know who buys the stuff from these companies? Hard-working Americans, blue-collar Americans, Republicans. That's who. Uh, you know, not not these like leftist pansies. As uh, who's talking about this? <laughs> Ted Cruz, as Ted Cruz calls them. Well done, Ted Cruz. Um, I, I got to say something about Ted Cruz. I've been watching some videos on Ted Cruz. The man is brilliant. I, I love I love Ted Cruz. I think he's awesome. But I don't like his rhetorical style. He's got this... No, you're not going that way. Uh, he's got this bizarre rhetorical style, which um, is a little... Uh, kind of sounds smug and arrogant and really unpleasant. I don't like hearing him take down leftists. I much rather... There's, there's some people I love hearing take down leftists, and then there's Ted Cruz. 
And okay, and granted, I'd much rather hear him take down leftists than not, obviously. But his rhetorical style, I think, is a little irritating. Hopefully, this doesn't get to him because because I love Ted Cruz. So don't don't let this get to him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a personal thing with me. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know, maybe I, I blocked out in my mind some bully from school that was that that had that same rhetorical style. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like how he speaks. It's weird. It's one of those weird things. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's a little bit silliness. That's it for this story. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, all right, story number two. Story number two. Now, this one is a lot more serious than a silly army video. This one, this one's, this one's pretty bad. Okay. Hunter Biden used Air Force One and Air Force Two at least 23 times. All right, you remember that uh, there was some criticism of, of of Hunter Biden flying on Air Force Two with, uh, jo- with his father, Joe Biden, to go to China, right? This is obviously part of the reason why people thought there was some kind of conflict of interest there. But, I mean, obviously, it's far, far worse than a conflict of interest. We're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about pro- pro- most likely... Okay, let's let okay. The reason I'm saying most likely is because I'm on YouTube and I don't want them to go, oh, this is disinformation, right? Like they did about, you know, COVID being, uh, you know, be, having been released from the from the Wuhan lab. Oh, it's disinformation. We got to delete this video. You know what they're like? They got a freaking hair trigger. Uh, they'll just delete you, know, like you know, like that. But um, let's say most likely, or at least I think it's likely that Hunter Biden was taking bribes for his father. Okay, this seems like the most likely scenario to me uh, in the case of Hunter Biden in Ukraine and Hunter Biden in China. And, you know, they kept on saying, you know, uh, Joe Biden kept on saying, no, I don't know anything about my son's work. I don't know anything about totally separate. I just talked to him about personal stuff, like, you know, smoking crack and stuff like that. I don't talk to him about, you know, his business dealings. Oh, I don't know. Nothing to do with that. Okay, well, we've just discovered, thanks to, I think it was Tom Fitton who found all this stuff, um, we just discovered that, that that Hunter was flying around with his dad, Joe, on these government airplanes, these executive airplanes, airplanes, jets, obviously, uh, 23 times, 23 flights, uh, it says here, 411 trips across 29 countries, between 2009 and 2014, right, when Joe Biden was vice president. So let's go ahead and read the headline here from Breitbart. It says, uh, breaking the news, breaking the news, not breaking news, breaking the news. Uh, Oh, I guess that's the name of the organization that broke this story, breaking the news. Okay, reveals. Secret Service records show that Hunter Biden took at least 23 flights through Joint uh, Joint Base Andrews, homes of Air Force One and home of Air Force One and Air Force Two. According to this, oh, hey, the wife is home. Uh, it doesn't look like she's coming onto the show. We've got packages. Do you have a, a letter for me from mom and dad? Do you have a letter for me from mom and dad? All right, I guess look out for it tomorrow, I guess. Um, all right, let's see here. According to the Secret Service travel records obtained by Judicial Watch, the then-president Joe Biden, Biden's son Hunter, took 411 trips across 29 countries between 2009 and the middle 
of 2014. That includes 23 flights into or out of Joint Base Andrews. Joint Base Andrews. What, isn't it Andrews Air Force Base? Why does it Joint Base Andrews? Why did they change it? Because it's no longer just the Air Force? Just call it Andrews Air Force Base. Nobody cares, guys. Joint Base Andrews sounds ridiculous. Uh, home to Air Force One and Air Force Two. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hello, beautiful woman. And cat. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So, where were we? All right. Uh, these trips which shed light on Hunter's involvement with his father are revealed in Breaking the News. Oh, so this is a book, right? This is from a book uh, by Alex Marlowe, who I think is, is the editor-in-chief of Breitbart, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So you can buy that book. It seems like a good book. I probably won't buy it. I, I shouldn't say that, but I'm not I'm not good at reading. I have a, a pile of books that I'm trying to get through already, so I, I can't afford the time. But uh, it seems like a good book. If you like reading, I, I would probably recommend it. Let's see here. Uh, my new book, Exploring the Corruption that Drove the Established... Establish... The Established Media? The Establishment Media, I think. Uh, to cover up the Hunter Biden scandal. Despite this evidence, that there was not an absolute wall between Hunter and Joe when it comes to business endeavors, the Establishment Press has shown little interest in exploring whether Hunter was actually leveraging his father's power to enrich himself. But, I see, I think it's worse than that. I mean... See, the reason Republicans always say this, that Hunter was using, you know, his father's name to enrich himself, which I don't actually think that that is a criminal act or, or even necessarily particularly unethical. People do that basically all the time. Um, the reason that they don't go as far as I do and say that it, what it looks like to me is that he was taking bribes on behalf of his father is because unless you can actually show that and and... Um, have Joe Biden tried for that in a court of law and convicted for it? Uh, it's I think probably some people consider it irresponsible to claim that, um, and that's also I think part of the reason why I don't say it outright that this is exactly what happened, even though it looks like pretty clearly to me that that's what happened. Um, so it's just a matter of being careful about how you're you know what you're claiming and all that stuff. But I don't I think these people are being weak. You know, I think it, we need to claim this because I think that this is what happened. I think that this is what happened. That's what I think. Uh, and I think they believe it too. I mean, all signs point to it, right? But people are like afraid to make this claim. Like how many claims do they make about Donald Trump that were obviously false? I mean, the left doesn't have any qualms about making irresponsible claims about the right. Um, so why do we have qualms about making totally reasonable claims about the left? Uh, this is not an this is not an irresponsible claim. This is a totally rational, reasonable conclusion to come to, um, if you want to speculate about this. I mean, it, it seems clear as day to me he was taking bribes from his uh, from the, from China and Ukraine and various other places for his father. Right, uh, Joe Biden, to me, it looks like was making policy decisions um, based on you know that that were being swayed and influenced based on the amount of money he was getting from various countries for his, you know, through his son, through Hunter Biden. And that's what it looks like is going on here. I mean, why else was, is Hunter Biden with him on all these flights? Let's see here. Um, in fact, quite the contrary. The New, York, uh, the New York Times, for example, published a story in 2020 portraying Hunter as a skilled artist who is mastering painting. The article headlined, There's a new artist in town. The name is Biden. 
unironically featuring glossy photos of a relaxed and polished Hunter Biden working away in his studio. <laughs> the American public has been told consistently that Hunter Biden is as pure as the driven snow. Joe Biden called his son the smartest guy I know. Darling. Let's keep it down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, there you go. Uh, 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 let's see here. You know, after he said that Hunter Biden is the smartest guy he knows, uh, I was like, you know, we all kind of just laughed at that because Hunter Biden's clearly a moron. But then as I saw Joe Biden carrying on as president and doing whatever, you know, whatever the crap he was doing, I just thought, you know what? Maybe Hunter Biden is the smartest guy he knows. <laughs> I'm not sure Joe Biden knows that many smart people. <laughs> and uh, that actually got a lot of likes on, on the Twitter. Uh, Dr. Jill Biden. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill Biden, who has a, uh, a doctorate in education, and Joe both expressed confidence that Hunter had done nothing wrong. And of course, Joe and he thought it was it was all Russian disinformation. And of course, Facebook and Twitter famously censored bombshell reporting by the New York Post. You guys know about that, obviously, on Hunter Biden that has uh, not been proven to be Russian or disinformation. <laughs> Did anyone... Uh, did anyone of those in the media who supported the suppression of the Hunter Biden email story investigate exactly where Hunter was going on those trips and with whom? Not as far as I can tell. NBC News, Washington Post, etc., etc., etc. And more all, indul all indulged the Democrat disinformation campaign that protected the Bidens and the dishonest... I mean, it, it, okay, so the, the, basically the point of this is, and I think... Sweeter, can you take care of that cat? Um, the point, the point of this is that there's really, you know, uh, a double standard with the media. There's, there's a double standard with the justice department. There's a double standard with the FBI. There's a double standard with all these entities where if you're a Republican, they'll throw the book at you. They'll investigate you. I mean, look at Donald Trump right now. The, um, the state of New York is looking into, in minute detail, everything that, Trump's company has ever done to try to find something criminal that they can charge him with so they can try to put him in prison. This is this is political per persecution, right? This is what they do in third world countries. This is what dictators do to try to get rid of their opposition. So they're, this is political persecution. This is not the prosecution of a criminal. This is the persecution of a political enemy. That's all that is. On the other hand, they cover up anything that they, that they deem... Uh, you know, could get them in trouble, you know, get people on their own side in trouble. Oh, Joe Biden can get in trouble. Let's cover this up. Joe Biden's son could get in trouble. Let's cover it up. Um, Dinesh D'Souza just came out with a great video where he's talking about how they're trying to cover up Cuomo's sins now, right? Cuomo had the massive nursing home scandal and the, uh, the Southern District of New York, who's investigating Trump, is also saying that they're investigating, um, that they're investigating Sorry, I keep getting distracted because my wife is super loud. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I, I don't understand. Oh, she's getting the cat food out. Uh, I, I don't know why it sounds like a nuclear bomb going off in the house. But anyway, 
where, where was I? What the hell was I talking about? I don't know. Oh, yeah, Southern District of New York. So they are essentially, they're saying that they're going to be investigating uh, Andrew Cuomo, but they're not investigating him at all. They're, they're, they're pretending to, um, but they're really just trying to buy time until, you know, maybe Cuomo can run again and maybe help him get elected. So, uh, right, so there's a double standard with the justice system. There's a double standard with the media. We all know this. This is kind of old news, but these are just more examples uh, for us to get enraged about and to hate Democrats even more for, uh, <laughs> which really isn't that funny. But anyway, as I said, this is a very serious story because, uh, and again, it's of course going to be ignored by the mainstream media, but this is just more evidence that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have been lying uh, all along about what they've been doing together in other countries and exactly what their relationship has been with these other governments. Um, yeah, Joe Biden, I think, has been taking bribes. Democrats are going to deny that, but that's what I think. Let's move on to the next story. Um, all right, let's see here. What do I have? Darling, darling, could you be a little louder? That'd be awesome. You are loud. You think you're being quiet. You are not being quiet. Okay, let's see here. Let's see here. What's the next story? All right. Former basketball star makes false claim of racial discrimination. Yeah, this is a very weird story, actually. Um, I I don't know this guy because I don't really follow sports. Uh, I don't really follow sports at all. But... I will say that uh, this is this is not the most surprising story I've ever read. <laughs> uh, a black guy is goes to a restaurant and he's not allowed in, and he's like, "This is racial discrimination. These people are racist against me." And I'm not exactly even sure this is his fault. Uh, again, I don't know this guy. He might be a great guy. I don't know. Um, he's a Hawks legend, apparently, Dominique Wilkins, and he says he was denied service to an Atlanta restaurant because of his race. Um, Atlanta Hawks legend Dominique Wilkins tweeted out Sunday that he was denied service to LeBilbiquette, uh, I don't know, uh, Atlanta, part of a chain of French bistros due to his race. But here's what, here's what really happened, right? The restaurant says that Wilkins' outfit did not comply with their dress code. Now, here's the thing about nice restaurants. I've gone to a lot of nice restaurants. I live here in L.A. Well, not necessarily restaurants, but nightclubs, you know, various fancy places. And, yeah, I mean, I've seen tons of people get uh, denied access to places because of their outfits, right? They might be wearing flip-flops or they might be, you know, there's a lot of people that try to get into places with a dress code and they're just not dressed right. It's like, if you're going to get in, if you're going to try to get into a place with a dress code, dress appropriately. That's it, right? Um it's look, I don't know how much I like the dress code thing. Um, it's a little bit pretentious, I think, but whatever. There's certain places they want a certain kind of culture uh, at the place. They want a certain kind of ambiance. I'll tell you one thing I do find annoying is when I was a, a kid, if because airplane uh, airplane flights were ex, were expensive, people would tend to dress up reasonably well to go on a plane. Right? People wanted to look um, halfway decent. They wanted to look respectable. Now, pretty much everyone on the plane is like in pajamas, 
and it's it's weird. They're they're going like in their flip flops, pajamas. Everybody looks like they're going to a slumber party. Um, and people look terrible. People look terrible. They they have no respect for how they look. I still try to dress reasonably well to go on a flight. Uh, but you know, but I'm an old man, so I guess that's just an old school way of doing things. Um, yeah, I find it, I find it, and I understand the the whole concept of it, right? Because you want to be comfortable on a long flight, <clears throat> but you don't have to look like trash. You can still look good. <laughs> you can still look good and try to dress somewhat comfortably, I think. But anyway, that's just my take. Um, but again, it's sort of the same thing as. You know, like when I was a little kid, just like most little boys, I think, I like James Bond. I like the James Bond movies. So when I'm like 13, 14, and I'm flying on a plane, I'm thinking, you know, this because I didn't actually fly on planes when I was a little boy. When I was like really little, I didn't fly on planes. My, we were very poor when I was a kid. So the first plane ride I ever had, ever went on, I think was, I was like 13 or 14 or something, maybe even 15. I don't remember. I was pretty old. And so to me, riding in a jet and going to the airport, I mean, th- these were like, events for me right uh and i kind of equated it to like a james bond movie right because he was always flying all over the world and i thought it was very cool and then i got older and i'm like oh i guess this is not cool anymore everybody just looks like they're everybody looks like they're in their living room watching tv with like stains all over their shirt i'm like okay i guess this is no longer a special thing you know i mean i've flown i've i've you know i've probably had I don't know, maybe hundreds of flights by now. Not probably hundreds, but a lot. I've flown a lot in my life since then. But uh, but yeah, I still try to, I, I you know, I still like to see a level of decorum. And so I don't really, you know, again, it's a bit pretentious, these restaurants, but it's their companies. If they want to have a dress code, they can have a dress code. Okay, fine. And if you don't want to wear what they want you to wear, it doesn't really matter if you used to be a professional athlete. They have every right to say, no, you're not allowed to come in here if you don't fulfill the dress code requirements. And, But then for this guy to go, oh, no, it wasn't the dress code, actually. It was because of my race. That is so pathetic. That is so weak to me. Like, this guy, I think, should lose his job for this. Because to sit here and to point to somebody and say they're a racist, this company's racist, this person's racist... You can ruin somebody's business that way. You can ruin their lives that way, right? And and this there's no punishment for doing it. You know, there's no consequence. You can go around to calling everybody racist. That's why you have this epidemic right now of everybody pointing fingers and saying, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. It's because anybody can say it, and there's no consequence for that, right? But I think this guy should lose his job. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, maybe he's a great guy. But you just don't point to people... I mean, to me, that is unbelievably irresponsible, right? To point to somebody and go, you're a racist, even though they're specifically saying, no, I'm not letting you in the restaurant because you, you are not fulfilling the dress co- code requirements that we have for everyone. This is one of those guys, if he got pulled over by a cop, he'd say, exactly. <laughs> he'd say, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, No, I don't know who you are, and I don't care, all right? You were speeding, you get a speeding ticket. You, you're, you don't fulfill the dress code, you don't get in the restaurant. But he's going, oh, no, it's because of my race. I'm a race. These people are racist. Wilkins said it was the first time he'd received this kind of treatment from a restaurant. Yeah, because you're famous. You're a famous athlete. You, you, you are one of the most privileged people on the planet. You're more privileged than all, pretty much every other white person in America. This is, this is the problem with this thinking. I'm a victim because I'm black. And again, I don't necessarily blame this guy for it. 
I blame this whole social movement, this like hypersensitivity. Oh, well, if you're black and anything bad happens to you, it's because of racism. No, what flipping isn't is because you didn't follow the instructions, right? If you don't follow the instructions with an Ikea set, right, and you try to build your bookshelf and it comes out all wonky, you don't call up Ikea and accuse them of racism. You, you failed to follow the instructions. I'm sorry. doesn't matter if you're black or white. That's not the fault of Ikea. You didn't read the instructions. You didn't follow them. You're going to build a crappy product. All right, here we go. In my many years in the world, I've eaten at some of the greatest restaurants in the world. Well, you know who hasn't? Most other people. You're a very lucky man. You should have... I mean, the problem with a lot of these, like, rich black people that are claiming to be oppressed, right, is they just... It's like, step back for a moment and just, like, have a little bit of effing gratitude for your life. You are one of the richest people in the world. And, okay, yeah, if you compare your wealth to, like, Bill Gates or some of the, you know, the billionaires out there, you might go, oh, no, I'm not, I don't have that much money. But if you compare your wealth to everyone else in the world, you're one of the richest people in the world. You are a very privileged human being. You're a very lucky person, right? You know... They used to they used to say this thing uh, when I was a kid that you needed to count your blessings, right? Count your blessings. And this is like a Christian idea, right? It's very popular amongst Catholics. At least it was when I was little when I was growing up. And I have not heard that since I was a child. I have not heard anybody say count your blessings since I was a child. This is a value that has just completely gone out of the culture. And I think that this is part of the reason why people don't. Um, What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? Why is he going around and around like that? Hat's being crazy. Um, I think this is part of the reason why we have all of this like Antifa crap and Black Lives Matter crap and we got all this entitlement culture. It's that people are not taught to stop and think about how good their lives really are and just step back and have a little bit of perspective and be a little bit of grateful. Be a little bit grateful for how awesome their lives are. This guy's life is awesome. He didn't get a, into one restaurant, and his reaction is what? To try to ruin the people that didn't let him into the restaurant? What a, what a piece of gar human garbage. You're a piece of human garbage, dude. And I don't know if it's your fault or if it's society's influence on you, but either way, check your privilege. How about that? All right, let's see here. Uh, I Okay, he writes, he, he says... I have never felt prejudice or been turned away because of the color of my skin. No, and you still haven't. Until today in Atlanta, in Libibloque, Libibloque, I don't know how to pronounce that crap. Atlanta, turned away because I'm black, Wilkins wrote. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. And this is also very telling. I've never felt prejudice. I've never felt prejudice because of my skin color. That's right, you haven't. You know why? Because we're not a racist country. I mean, we are a racist country, but only against white people. We're not a racist country against black people. We're not. People got to stop saying this all the time. We got to stop being so damn sensitive. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a little bit sensitive right now. <laughs> uh, Le Biboquet, Le Biboquet, Bilboquet, I don't know how to pronounce it, responded to Wilkins' claim with a statement saying that his dress code required a minimum of business casual attire. However, Wilkins said that his attire had been designer casual pants and a shirt. Yeah, designer casual. You know what that means? That means like a t-shirt and jeans, but designer. 
<laughs> probably ripped. Let's see here. Um, we at I'm not going to read it anymore. Do our best to accommodate all of our guests. However, we have received consistent complaints from our patrons regarding our guests' wardrobe, wardrobe choices. The restaurant, the restaurant said in a statement, and I've seen this in LA as well. Like most, a lot of the nicer restaurants in like Beverly Hills, they they have a dress code, and you're not supposed to you're not supposed to dress poorly at these restaurants, right? You're supposed to dress well, but they occasionally will get like a rapper come in or an athlete or something like that, and they will be wearing like flip flops because a lot of athletes they wear flip flops all the time, all the time. It's weird. And they'll kind of like be allowed to be let in that way, right? And so everybody else in the restaurant, there's one standard for, and then these these famous athletes, there's a completely other standard for them. And it's really not right. You know, of course people are going to complain because, you know, that's not, that's not cool for you to have these two separate standards just because, you know, they're a famous athlete. Do they work any harder than the other people there? No. Uh, you know, a lot of people work really hard for their money. Some people don't. Uh, you know, a lot of people in L.A. are like the children of, of you know, very wealthy folks, and they, they basically have a pretty easy life. But then again, that's true of some athletes as well. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's have a look here uh, at just the rest of this article. Wilkins is the Hawks vice president and a special advisor to the CEO, and he works as a color commentator for Bally Sports uh, Southeast. Color commentator? Oh, that's that's got to be racist somehow, right? Um <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I know what color commentary is. All right. Uh, a nine-time All-Star and two-time dunk contest champion. Wilkins is the third player to have his number retired by the Hawks. Uh, Wilkins was induced into the Naismith Memorial uh, Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this guy's an awesome guy, and I'm, like, totally t- taking this the wrong way. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. I don't watch this guy. I don't watch basketball. I used to watch basketball as a kid, but I I realized that watching a bunch of grown men that I don't know personally play a children's game and make millions of dollars for it just was was not my thing. (laughs) So I stopped watching basketball uh, and I stopped watching all professional sports except for tennis. And you might think that that's weird because why tennis? Why tennis? Well, I'll tell you why tennis. Because tennis is a one-on-one sport. And I actually have a lot of respect for that. It's just one guy on the tennis court against one other guy on the tennis court, and that is it. And you can't rely on your team. You know, you can't be like, you know, a participant in the group. you just got to rely on your own amazing skill. It's just you against the other guy. And so it's very easy to tell, you know, what's going on. I also like to play tennis so, and I think that that's a lot of reason why people watch sports is because you know, they maybe they played that particular sport in 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 high school or something, and th- there is something about like if I'm watching somebody play tennis and they hit the ball, I can kind of feel it myself, right? I can smell what the court smells like. I, I you know I know how that feels to hit that the ball, you know how, how it feels hitting the racket, and uh, you you can feel it, right? So when you watch football or when you watch watch basketball. You can feel kind of what the the players are doing when they're doing it, and so you get this kind of it's kind of a weird sensation. Um, but I don't watch that much tennis because it's a kind of a waste of time, guys. Watching sports is a waste of time. That's what I think. It's probably hate me for that, but that's what I think. <laughs> now that probably won't get me banned off of YouTube, but I know some of you probably would think he needs to get banned off YouTube for saying sports is a waste of time. All right, that's it for that story. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. 
This is a story I've wanted to do for a long time, actually, um, as like a full Mr. Reagan video, but I'm just going to do it now here because I think it's a good time. Is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mentally unstable? Okay, so why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? I started to wonder about this uh, after the January 6th protest, right? That during this protest, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez like freaked out. She freaked out. She was like hiding in her bathroom when a Capitol Police officer was looking for her to try to tell her where to go. And she thought that these were protesters coming to kill her, right? And so she had this kind of weird panic attack and she freaked out and she thought this guy was trying to kill her or something like that. And when she recounted the story, she seemed to think that this Capitol Police officer was not actually trying to help her, that he was actually somehow in cahoots with the protesters or something like that. And he was, she was trying to put her life in danger. I don't really, I mean, it was like the weirdest thing. She's, she's clearly somehow paranoid, right? She's clearly a paranoid person. Um, she thinks that, okay, so if you watch her whole story, she, she's, she talks in very specific detail about how she was hiding and looking through this, you know, between the door and the wall and trying to make sure that, you know, that she wasn't going to be killed and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, you weren't actually in any danger. Why are you, you, you should be embarrassed by having been scared of this because there wasn't any insurrectionists there. Like you weren't even anywhere near the Capitol. You were like a 10 minute walk from the Capitol in your own office, somewhere that none of the protesters had any idea where you even were. And you're like panicking. Um, and then she went ahead and she walked to another building, found a friend of hers, hid in her office where once again there were no protesters and she panicked there as well and she like freaked out there as well and she was you know going on this long rant about how she was panicked the whole time and freaking out and um this is obviously irrational right this is not this is not a sensible reaction to what happened uh the January 6th protesters didn't kill anyone they did i as far as i'm concerned uh, as i'm aware the protesters didn't seriously injure anyone Right. There was one protester who was killed by Capitol Police, which was a huge overreaction. I think that police officer needs to be investigated. Of course, Capitol Police are like, nope, didn't do anything wrong. He's perfect. He's fine. Murdering somebody is perfectly fine if you're a police officer. Murder is fine. Uh, of course, not if you're a black drug dealer or I don't know, was was George Floyd a drug dealer? What was he? Some kind of criminal. If you're a black criminal male, it's fine. You know, or it's 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 like you're going to prosecute the police officer, put him in jail. Yep. Okay. That's how we're going to deal with that. But if, uh, if you're a, a white woman who happens to have voted for Donald Trump and support the MAGA movement, uh, well then no, 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 you, you have no ability to investigate the police officer. He has every right to murder you. You're a, you're a murderable person. That's perfectly fine. You walk through the Capitol, somebody broke a window and you try to jump through that window. Therefore you can be murdered. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, right. So, I mean, the whole system's just messed up. I don't really understand. But anyway, I lost my place. Where was I? Oh, yeah, the AOC, AOC thing. But now, like, she's proving to be even crazier than we thought, right? So, like, I know I covered the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing recently. Um, AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene seem to have some kind of a, some kind of a rivalry going. 
Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene obviously doesn't like AOC. She doesn't like the Green New Deal. She thinks that AOC needs to be able to, instead of constantly just going on social media and hosting press conferences and speaking in situations in which she's very comfortable, Marjorie Taylor Greene is like, no, you need to be able to defend your policies uh, against somebody who actually doesn't like them, right? Who actually doesn't like you and doesn't like your policies, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene is somebody who, she's a tough person, right? And, um, you know, she she thinks that AOC has to stand and defend her her ideas against scrutiny, not against these reporters that will just roll over and agree with everything that she says or, you know, on social media where she has nobody... Um, standing up to her or fighting back against her. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is like, stand up for your principles, stand up against me, and debate me, right? She's not saying, let's go get in a fight in the back alley. She's saying, let's have a debate. That's what politicians are supposed to do. And AOC is like, no, you're crazy. You're stalking me. Stalking. This is the word that they're using now. They're using the word stalking. If this isn't paranoia, I don't know what paranoia is. You're talking about a coworker. And in a discipline or in a profession in which you are supposed to debate ideas, that's what your profession is all about, debating ideas, asking you to debate ideas. And instead of going, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Or no, I'm scared of you because you, I think you're going to beat me. <laughs> you instead turn around and you say, no, I think you're a scary stalker and therefore I'm not going to debate you. This is her, this is her defense this is her way of getting out of debating Marjorie Taylor Greene, is saying that she's a stalker. Um, now, this is either just a pathetic way of sneaking out of debating somebody who she thinks she's going to lose a debate to, um, or AOC is legitimately crazy, right? She's got this some kind of paranoia, some kind of... And it seems like it's at a level that is clinical, right? She's got a problem that's that's... Now, I've talked about this with several people, and they've said, no, 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 you shouldn't say that about AOC. I don't think she's crazy. And and maybe not, probably not, probably not. But I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. So it's something I think does need to be brought up. Now, the most recent uh, uh, thing that's happened, or one of the most, one of the more recent things that has happened, is this. So AOC has revealed that she is now in therapy because of the January sixth protest. She's in therapy. She's going to see a psychiatrist. Sweetheart, you gotta you gotta quiet him down. I know you're holding him. Why? Why? Thank you. I don't know why it's going crazy. Uh all right. Uh the quote here says, I feel like I learned this the hard way after my father passed away when I was a teenager. Um that happened at a young age, and I locked it away. Well, I shouldn't make fun of that, because her father did die, uh, and I do have some sympathy for that. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for that. I think that's actually really tough. Anybody who loses a parent, especially when they're quite young, that is quite bad. Um, and so maybe she's enduring some kind of trauma from that, um, which I'm absolutely sympathetic to, but I don't think we should have people with significant psychological problems in Congress. I mean, we definitely have a few, you know, Maxine Waters, for one. Um, but let's have a look here at this full article. So it says, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez says she, she, she's in therapy following the all-out attempted coup at the Capitol on the 6th of January. Speaking to the uh, 
weekly public radio show Latino USA on Friday, Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said members of Congress effectively served in war during the traumatizing event that had deeply affected lawmaking and impacted the legislative process. Yeah, so she said, is it here? Is, is the audio here? I found it once. And I, I didn't, I should have grabbed it. Let's see, can we open this up? Let's see here. Yeah, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to scroll through this now. I should have done this before the show. Sorry about that. I'm not going to play the audio. Um, but yeah, so she's actually equated her January 6th protest experience where she was in two offices in which there were there was essentially zero danger of protesters even interacting with her, much less hurting her in any way. Um, but she's convinced that she could have been kidnapped or murdered or worse. Um, she's, she's also claimed that some conservative members of the House of Representatives or the Senate um, actually helped the protesters to get into the Capitol building and try to find and either kidnap or hurt uh, other members of Congress, Democrat members of Congress. This is, this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy. These are the things that she is proposing, that she is speculating about. Um, <laughs> she thinks there's this massive right-wing conspiracy, right? She's gone full Hillary Clinton. And she thinks there's this massive right-wing conspiracy against her, trying to murder her, trying to murder Nancy Pelosi. I mean, it's like legit crazy town. Um, and now she's saying that she has had the equivalent of, you know, of a soldier in war having gone through that experience. And so I guess she deserves the Purple Heart then or something like that, right? The Medal of Honor? She's a, she's a veteran, guys. She's a veteran. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She says, after the 6th, I took some time, and it was really Ayanna Presley when I explained to her what happened, like, the day of, because I ran into her office, and she was like, you need to recognize trauma, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez said. Yeah, this is something that she talks about when she um, went through and she described in, in painful detail uh, every moment of her terror at the January 6th protesters. Um, and uh, she didn't she didn't recognize this as a traumatic incident because she was just sort of dealing with the fact that she was kind of like freaking out, totally irrationally, by the way, as I might have said earlier, about the January 6th protesters. She was freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. She goes and meets up with Ayanna Presley. Ayanna Presley says, uh, you know, this is this is a traumatic incident for you. You need to realize that. Uh, okay, let me just say this. If you don't realize that something's traumatized you, you know, it might not have traumatized you. I think that when you've experienced something that is intense, right, uh, and you don't really think of it as traumatizing, and then someone tells you, like, afterwards, you've been traumatized, I think you can actually like brainwash yourself into thinking that, right? You can actually condition your brain into thinking, oh, yes, I've been traumatized. Uh, even though you haven't. You haven't been traumatized. You know why? Because you didn't think you were traumatized until Ayanna Presley told you you were traumatized. You're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I am traumatized. That's what this is. This is a trauma. Oh, my gosh. Because you know what that does? That makes you feel special. Or at least I think that makes her probably feel special, right? It makes her feel like... You know, you, you've given it a label. 
you know, and, and it's a, it's a label that makes it a lot bigger than what it is. If you just say you kind of experienced some kind of, uh, <laughs> you kind of freaked out irrationally. Well, that doesn't have the same impact as, sweetie, can we just leave it until I'm done with the show? Oh, thank you. Um, it doesn't have the same impact as uh, you experienced a traumatic incident, right? That that makes it seem so much more significant. So so she obviously wants to frame it that way. This is a this is a trick that a lot of Democrats use, right? They'll use words to frame things in ways that they, it doesn't actually make sense, right? It's not appropriate for the whatever it is that they're trying to describe. But what it does is it twists it in a way that's actually better for them. And so this is what she's doing, right? She's using language to try to frame what happened uh, in a way that makes her look good or makes her the victim somehow. Uh, and you know those Democrats, they love being a victim. Um, all right, let's read through a little bit more of this. <laughs> uh, I felt like I learned the hard way after my father passed away when I was a teenager. That happened at a young age and I locked it away and you have to live with it for years. So I guess what she's saying is she was traumatized when her father died, but she she like locked that away and she, she didn't realize she was traumatized for years. And so she sort of equates this situation to that. Yeah, I don't know if I would equate a family member dying with me freaking out over something that turns out I was never in danger about. Like, again, I feel, I feel like if I was in a situation in which I thought I was in this massive amount of danger and I freaked out for several hours and then I found out later that I was never in actually in any danger at all, I would be a little bit embarrassed, right? I probably wouldn't tell people about it. But she's going all over the place telling anybody will listen. I was traumatized. I was traumatized. A traumatizing experience. I thought they were going to kill me. Uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, they never even came close to where you were. Yeah, I know, but but they were, they were animals. They wanted to kill me. Actually, nobody had any intention of killing you or going anywhere near you. Nobody was even looking for you. Yes, no, but I think that they were. Um, all right. Anyway, let's see here. Asked if she was in therapy, she replied, oh, yeah, I'm doing therapy, but I've also just slowed down. And I think the Trump administration had a lot of us, especially Latino communities, in a very reactive mode. The hell does that even mean? The hell does that even mean? Because Donald Trump was so, so, so like terrifying to her that she was overreacting to things. So it's Trump's fault now. Get over yourself, woman. All right, let's see here. In the near aftermath of the pro-Trump riot, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez released an Instagram video saying that she hid in the bathroom fearing for her life as police knocked down her door with huge, violent bangs. It became another... Yeah, I read all that stuff. Let me play for you guys. Okay, let me look for something real quick because um, I know I mentioned Dinesh D'Souza earlier, but I'm going to mention him again because I just read... I just read... I just watched this awesome video with Dinesh from today... Um, in which he's talking about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what a loon she is. Uh, let's see here. Why can't I find this? Oh, well, yeah. Let me Let me look at my account history. Maybe I'll find it there. Yeah, I know, I know. It's dead air. It's not entertaining. Still, just, just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> um, what, bro? I know you did something about AOC. I know you did something about AOC. What was it? 
All right, let me look at my history. <clears throat> let me make sure you guys can't see my history. You're going to see all the weird videos that I watch. Valeria yelled and porn. There's not there's no porn on YouTube, woman. What? I've checked on oh, but there is porn on Twitter. Isn't that weird? You can there's porn on Twitter. I just found out that out like a few weeks ago. I was like, what the hell? I was doing uh I was doing a video about you know the Joe Rogan interviewed uh, Jack Dorsey. And he said, uh, you can put t- porn on Twitter, right? And J- Jack Dorsey was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, where are you, Dinesh? Where are you? Let's see here. Find uh, AOC. Let's see here. There we go. There we go. This is what I'm looking One for. Of these- All right. I found it. I found it. All right. That's what we want to see. Because he's got this audio clip. That's amazing. That's what I wanted to play. <laughs> All right, let's play this. Let's play. I'm going to put my headphones on so I can hear. All right. This was an all-out attempted coup. Mike Pence was taken out of the Senate chamber something like 60 seconds before uh, these terrorists and insurrectionists got into the Senate chamber. 60 seconds could have meant potentially the difference between what we have right now in a martial state. Could have. It could have. It really could have. It could have been. <laughs> All right. I don't want you guys to hear Dinesh D'Souza's commentary on this. You can watch his video for that. I want you to hear mine. Um, yeah, but I mean, his commentary is perfect. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is awesome. Love the guy. And uh, I will say this. Uh, he he's spot on. Like this is, I don't really understand what she means. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is interpreting what she's saying as, um, as to mean that actually the insurrectionists, quote unquote, right, the protesters on January six, could have like somehow kidnapped, uh, like Mike Pence and then taken over the U.S. government or something like that. Maybe that's what she's thinking, um, and maybe that is what she's saying. Maybe that is what she's saying. But maybe she's saying that like, had the insurrectionists somehow killed Mike Pence or something like that. We would have gone into martial law or something, you know, with Trump as president because he would have had to like lock down the country. And I'm not really sure exactly. He's probably right. Dinesh is probably right. The interpretation that he has is probably right. That, that AOC seems to think that the insurrection, that the, that the protesters um, as insurrectionists, as she, she thinks seems to think that they are, were in fact such a, a clear and present danger that they could very well have taken over the U.S. government that day. I mean, she, like, if she really thinks that, that, I mean, that's just beyond the realm of Looney Tunes. That's, th- there's something weird about AOC. She is, she is paranoid to a degree that it, it does seem like there's a, there's a mental problem there. Now, it could be that she's just, like, clinically stupid, I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, that's what I think most people think. I think most people think she's so dumb that she just believes crazy stuff. And that's kind of what I thought for a long time. And and to some degree, I kind of still do. It's it's still certainly within the realm of possibilities. Um, but I But I don't know, man. I mean... Most Democrat politicians, I think, well, once you get into it, once you're you're engaged in politics, you've got to learn about all the stuff that's going on. 
if you're a Democrat, you, you, you can't really be a Democrat unless you are corrupt, right? Because you eventually do figure out, okay, um, you know, simply looking at economics alone. Aston, shut up. What are you doing? Um, simply looking at economics alone, you got to recognize that the Republicans are right on this stuff. You know, the, if you're, if you're going to be a Democrat, you're going to make the country a worse place with your fiscal policy. That's just naturally going to happen if you follow these bizarre leftist ideas. Um, so the Republican ideas are going to, whoa, what's going on over there? Uh, Republican ideas are just going to improve the country. I mean, it's just, there's really no question about it. At least in terms of fiscal policy, there's no real question. We, we won that argument, I think, in the Reagan years, right? Um, but moving past that to social issues, okay, yeah, there's, there's like a little bit more of a, of a perspective that you need to have with that, right? So different people are going to have different perspectives. You're going to have to argue and debate that. Okay, I understand that. But... I think that once you get into poli you know, actual politics, you're an actual politician, and you've investigated this stuff, and you've looked into it in, in the way that I have been able to, you realize that Democrat politicians don't really believe things in the same way their constituents do. Um, how many politicians really care that much about green energy? How many of these politicians really care that much about the black community? How many of these politicians really care? I mean, honestly, like, do you think Maxine Waters cares about the black community? I don't. I don't think she cares about the black community at all. I think Maxine Waters cares about Maxine Waters. And I, and I think once you get to know these people and once you get to know what the policies actually are and what their use is, and, and when you start, to, start talking in a more realistic way with some of these people in D.C., I think that they have to realize that it's all just political theater. A lot of this stuff is taking a, you know, taking a certain political position is just... Um, a, a way of creating the illusion that you care so that you get votes and you get power and you can make money and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's what, what you might call posturing, right? Posturing to, to impress the people, virtue signaling to impress the people that you need to vote for you and, and you need certain support for certain ideas, for certain things that you want to do. Um, you know, as soon as Democrats got power, as soon as they got into the White House, as soon as they got the Senate and the Congress, what did they do? They immediately passed a bill full of pork so they could pay off their buddies. Right? Nancy Pelosi was just like, yeah. She did like a little flipping dance. It was absolutely despicable. A bill completely... And now they want to pass another one. I think it's like originally it was like $2 billion. I think they got it down to like $1.7 now. Billion dollars. Infrastructure bill in which 6% is infrastructure. It's just full of pork, man. They're just trying to like they're redistributing wealth, but not in the way that they say they are, right? They say they want to redistribute wealth, like, oh, let's take it from the rich and give it to the poor. We're like Robin Hood. No, you're not. You're taking from average Americans, good, hardworking Americans, and you're giving it to your Democrat friends who own corporations. You're just taking from the general public, Republicans and Democrats, and giving it to your Democrat buddies who paid for your re-election campaign or something like that. It, it is absolutely disgusting. I mean, the way the Democrats work is simply taking bribes. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the whole system. Their whole system is corrupt. And uh, I don't know. These people need to be taken down. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Do you guys think AOC is legitimately crazy? Look, I don't... 
that that's a pretty tough accusation. It's a pretty tough thing. I mean, I'm not saying I think she is. I'm just speculating that that's a possibility. And I I don't want to believe that, but it's hard to think of anything else. She seems so paranoid about everything. She seems paranoid about January 6th. She seems paranoid about her colleagues, her Republican colleagues. She thinks people want to kill her. Uh, and uh, she, she seems to think that Marjorie Taylor Greene is some kind of stalker who's obsessed with her. AOC, nobody's obsessed with you, okay? Just because a couple of guys flirted with you when you were a waitress at a bar, that doesn't mean every guy is obsessed with you or Marjorie Taylor Greene is obsessed with you, okay? Nobody's obsessed with you. We're good, right? We just disagree with your ideas. So get over yourself and maybe have the courage of your convictions, stand up for what you believe and actually debate somebody, right? Uh, Stand up there and defend your stupid Green New Deal, which you probably don't even know anything about. You probably never even read it, right? When Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, asked her debate to debate her, apparently AOC said, well, did you even read it? My guess is AOC hasn't even read it. Uh, that's, my, that's my guess. But I don't know. What do I know? Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she's crazy. Maybe she isn't. Who knows? Um, anyway, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say in the comments section, so go ahead and let me know about that. Um, otherwise, I think we're done here. Done with the news. So, what do you guys have to say? Let's let's go to the questions and comments. I'm curious. Where is it? Where is it? Boom. There we go. There we go. We're into the questions and comments now. Quick, Valeria uploads porn to your YouTube. Go check. <laughs> Paper plates. Very funny. Very funny. Um, Frank James says, toxic. Oh, hold on. Do we have any? Nope. No super chats. Okay. We're good. Um, Frank James says, AOC doesn't believe any of this BS. She just wants other people to think, uh, think that nonsense. You think so? I mean, so that's another thing. That's another consideration that maybe she is as corrupt as nancy pelosi and all the rest of them but it doesn't seem that way she does seem a little different she seems like she genuinely believes this crap and there, if she does genuinely believe it, there's only two things that i could possibly imagine one she is the, just the dumbest person in the world which she does kind of seem like that or she has a mental illness i don't know i don't know she does seem like she believes this stuff I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Frank James also says she wishes she was kidnapped. She's bitter because the January 6th thing wasn't about her. Yeah, she does. She makes everything about her. She's like, she's, you know who's obsessed with AOC? AOC. <laughs> AOC is obsessed with AOC. She tries to make everything about her. She, she's trying to make the whole January 6th thing about her. It isn't about you, AOC. I mean, you're just not that important. If, if the if the if the if the protesters who you call insurrectionists were genuinely trying to take over the country or something like that, they certainly wouldn't be targeting you. You are you are completely irrelevant. Um, and that and that I think is probably what drives her to 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 lash out like this. She's somebody who needs attention, right? And she I think she realizes deep down that she is in fact irrelevant. Um, nobody really cares that much about what she has to say, other than the fact that what she says is outrageous, and so it it demands some kind of reaction. But um, 
Nobody really cares what she has to say. She has no... I mean, come on. Uh, Frank James says, uh, First time being treated like this at a restaurant means he's treated very well all the rest of the time, uh, every other time that he goes out. Right, exactly. Pepper Plates, it's okay. I'd be sensitive too if I was 50 pounds overweight. Okay, come on. You just did that for the freaking bingo square. Not cool, Pepper Plates. Not cool. All right. <laughs> Chris is on the warpath. I am. I am. Let's see here. What what else we got? Uh, yeah. The only person that writes at Toxic Masculinity is Frank James. The rest of you guys just write stuff. I don't know if you're writing to each other or you're writing to me. Uh, Zombie Today writes, Why does anti-Semitic mean anti-Jewish? Anti-Semitic is a set of languages, not a religion. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good point. I, I don't care that much. They can say anti-Semitic. I think that's all right. It's a perfectly good term. Uh, let's see. Hey, Frank James again says, AOC has the mindset of a 13-year-old girl. She exaggerates like a drama queen to demonize people. That's right. Jeff Beal says, I really believe that she knows what she's doing. She's overdramatic because she knows uh, that's how her fans act. <laughs> she's got a bunch of like, teenage girl fans, probably. Jeff Beal also says, can you put AOC and Pelosi... In Aston's dungeon. That sounds a little bit too much like a sexual thing. I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Frank James says she wishes... Oh, yeah, we already read that one. All right, so I think I'm out of little comments and questions. You guys didn't have that much to say for today. Uh, uh, oh, well, here we go. Jesus is God says, I think AOC is in it for the money. Well, that's why I think a lot of the Democrats are in it for the money. I mean, somebody posted this the other day on on on, um, on Twitter. This 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 kind of thing gets posted a lot, which I, I I love because it's so true. I think this people need to be reminded of this often. Um, you know, Biden has spent what forty some years in political office. Biden, uh, Donald Trump spent like four years in political office, right? And over the four years Donald Trump spent in office, he lost a fortune. And in the 40 years that Biden was in office, he gained a fortune, right? I think probably Trump lost many times what Biden ever earned in office. But I think the tweet went something like, I, you know, we need presidents who are willing to sacrifice um, for the job as opposed to presidents who um, want to enrich themselves from the job, right? That's, that's the contrast, that we have between Trump and Biden. Trump Trump went in and he knew he was going to lose money. And Biden has been in politics his whole life and he's made money doing that. And not and we're not talking about his salary here, folks. Um, let's see here. Holland Sky writes, I know the socialists are bad, but uh, what do they actually want? Well, there's a theory because of... Um, they had plans a long time ago to create racial division in America. You know, the the the, uh, the socialist plan is always to destroy a country's economy, destroy a country's um, quality of life, so that people are so miserable that they will do away with whatever system of government that they currently have, and they will um, go along with socialism. Socialism can grow in the ashes that are created by a raised civilization. And so that's that's what they tend to try to do, right? That's their that's their plan. So I'm trying to make a video. I'm going to have a video that comes out soon about how 
much welfare is being distributed right now because of COVID and how it's unnecessarily high um, and how we could eventually bankrupt the welfare system. And this is actually something called the Cloward-Piven model. The Cloward-Piven model was um, brought to the attention of the public a few years back by Glenn Beck. And, uh, you know, it was popular in like the 1960s. And the idea was exactly is exactly that you 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 basically bankrupt the country with incredibly high welfare and then uh you know basically everybody has to go on welfare and then that'll allow you to create uh, a socialist state All right if everybody's bankrupt so let's see here grow love bear says tell valeria we love her valeria they love you uh she says she loves you too <laughs> jeff beal writes I'll catch you tomorrow, bro. Got to get up early. All right. Get some sleep, man. Uh, Tom Beagley says, Tony Beagley here. Sorry, Tony Beagley. Tony Beagley says, uh, Tony Beagley here. Scottsboro, Indiana. Scottsburg. Scottsburg. Sorry. Uh, AOC is a complete idiot. PTSD is not a serious condition uh, with vets like me. And for her to say that... Uh, what she said, say what she said is a disgrace to veterans. Well, I, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, God, I mean, people like see their buddies, like faces blown off and crap like that in war. I mean, war is, war is nasty, right? I mean, like if you get, I had a buddy who was a, a soldier out in Iraq and uh, they were arresting some guy and uh, the guy grabbed a knife. Somehow he got a hold of a knife, like grabbed a knife off somebody else's belt or something and stabbed my buddy, uh, stabbed my, stabbed my friend. I think he stabbed him in the arm. I can't remember exactly where he stabbed him. But my buddy's a big dude, right? Real big dude. So he just grabs this guy. He grabs the arm that has the knife, and he breaks his arm just with his bare hands. He's like, ah, you know? And, of course, this guy goes down screaming. But, uh, you know, and, and that was a good day, right? Because nobody died. But, uh, I mean, God, war can be brutal, man. I mean, shell shock and all this stuff that people experienced in World War II, World War One. I. I mean, I've seen some stuff. Uh, it's not cowering in a room because you think that protesters might come close to you. I mean, she was, God, she would, I mean, I mean, like I, I had Black Lives Matter basically um, destroying every single business on my block, swarming around. People said that they made it into our building. They didn't, but that's what we were told. And we had to develop a plan to try to, you know, I basically had to develop a plan to try to protect my wife. You know, I have a gun here. We had figured out how to barricade ourselves in. Um, we didn't do anything. We didn't move anything around, but we had kind of a plan of how we were going to barricade ourselves if it happened. Um, I don't sit here and compare myself to a war veteran because it was because I there was a little anxiety because Black Lives Matter was downstairs busting stuff up. No, because I'm not a little bitch. Uh, AOC, on the other hand, can't handle it if there's some people protesting vaguely near nearby with political beliefs that she doesn't agree with. Gosh, she is such a flippin'. I mean, I. I don't know, guys. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if she's crazy. I don't know if she's stupid, or and I don't know if she's evil. It's one of the three. She's either crazy, stupid, or evil. I don't know which it is. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Cherokee, uh, Cher- <laughs> Cherokee girl. Sorry, Cherokee girl says, uh, "Why not make Aston the co-host? Then you won't get mad, and he can speak." <laughs> I mean, I mean, if he wants to come up and hang out, that's fine. But I, when he's that loud, it's it's like really distracting and unpleasant. Um, 
Holland Sky says, I know the socialists are bad, but what do they actually want? Okay, I read that one. AFC's in it for money. All right, I think I read everything. All right, guys. All right, guys. All right. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do. Hopefully, I, I'm not so exhausted that I'm just going to go to sleep, but I probably will. All right. Until tomorrow, I will see you guys later. Some fantastic stories today. And uh, Abel Garcia says, did you receive the email I sent you? I think so. One moment, please. <laughs> yes, I did. I just didn't have time to look at it. But I have it here. I have it here. I will look at it now. All right, guys. I will see you tomorrow. All right. Uh, remember, we are the least professional show on television. See? On television. Well, no, we're not on television. We're on YouTube. But we are the least professional show on YouTube. I wish I could find the app that I need. Okay, there we go. And, uh... I'm Toxic, Valerie's Masculine. Together we are in Toxic Masculinity, and we will see you tomorrow. Good night. Toxic Masculinity.